When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Footy with Dad podcast, where Julian and his son Jake will be discussing their weekly footy experiences together and their love of the game. Get ready for discussion, arguing, laughing, and crying about all things football. Welcome to the Footy with Dad podcast. I'm Julian, and I'll be co-hosting the podcast every week with my son, Jake. Hello, everyone. So why Footy with Dad? Well, for those of you who don't know our background, Jake was unfortunately born with severe respiratory issues which resulted in him spending his first 11 months in hospital. Having been going to Spurs since I was 10, I couldn't wait to start taking Jake to football as a father. But from the moment he was born, that seemed to be a very unlikely reality, as his outlook looked very bleak and his future uncertain. Fortunately, despite enduring numerous operations over his first few years, as Jake got older and stronger, his health improved. And by the time he turned seven, he was ready to go to his first match at White Hart Lane. He loved it, and I loved it. And Footy with Dad was born. Hang on, hang on. Before you go on, everyone may be wondering what wonderful first opposition you had decided was going to be my first match. Maybe a crucial North London derby against Arsenal? Or would it be Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea? No, it was the mighty Stevenage. <laughs> well, in my defence, I wanted your first game to be a convincing victory, which would make you want to go to Spurs even more. As Jake and I started to go to more games, we couldn't help thinking that though we were very fortunate, there are a lot of underprivileged, ill and bereaved children that never experienced the thrill of going to a live football match. So we've decided that in conjunction with the fantastic charity, the Free Kick Foundation, we would try and raise funds to create special memories for children who would not normally get the chance to go to a match. Before the pandemic, we had organised numerous children to go to their first ever football match. More about how you can donate later in the episode. As well as talking about our experience 
of travelling up and down the country watching Spurs, Jake and I will also be talking about the latest Premier League stories and have special guests on talking about their footy with dad experiences. So, what an exciting summer we've had. Yeah, indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. And I think it all stemmed from that Norwich game at the end of last season. Oh, how stressful was that? That was very stressful for me and you. Um, of course, last season we went up and down the country quite a few times. Of course, following our team. Um, but yeah, that last that last game at the end of the season. Well, it was even more stressful because we had a problem with the tickets. Yeah. Um, Spurs sent me a ticket. I never got it. Then they said the day before. I could pick it up at the ticket office. Yeah. We went up the night before. And um, so basically we went up the night before and we got to the ticket office when it opened at 9.30. And Norwich had no idea, had no communication from Spurs. Spurs ticket office hadn't, didn't, wasn't going to open until about one o'clock. So they told me to come back at one o'clock and I was plutzing. So we went back to the hotel, and as soon as we got back to the hotel, they said they'd found it, um, or they had communication from Spurs, drove back to the club, uh, picked up our ticket, and then we had uh, sort of five hours uh, to really plus for the game. And it, it was so nerve-wracking because so much depended on it, you know, um, mainly Champions League, but also... Conte's future depended yeah. on it, and I suppose you know Kane's future. Yeah, well, I think me and you, me and you, we both know what Spurs are like, and we know what you know we're capable or not capable of doing. You know, everyone expected us to breeze past Norwich on that final day, um, but look, it turns out we did. And like you said, well, I think we knew Everton were going to Arsenal. Uh, so yeah. I think we were confident Arsenal were going to win that. Um, we just had to do our part. They always do quite well when the pressure's off the Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was so draining because we, we obviously played them the week before. They were four points clear with three games to go. Um, so obviously we had an amazing night uh, at the lane uh, where I took both you and, and, and Josh. Um, and then we had the Burnley game. Um, and then we watched the Newcastle Arsenal, which was probably one of the most nerve wracking games yeah. for us. It was as if we were watching Spurs, but uh, the tune did us a massive favour. And it was just, you know, once we clinched top four, driving back from Norwich, all, all the trips that we had last year, we, we drove back in the snow from Burnley. 
um, having also driven up the night before, um, took us six, seven hours to get home. Um, it was so nice knowing that there was no more games, Champions League had been clinched, um, and it sort of made the whole sort of season worth it. Um, and we hoped that we'd get confirmation that, that Conte, uh, Conte was going to stay, but uh, we got that pretty quickly after the Norwich game, and then we got the other good news, didn't we? Yeah, of course, um, with Harry Kane. And I think a lot of Spurs fans have said, like, if, Kane st- if Conte stays, Kane will stay. Um, and um, that clearly shows, you know, Kane well, has been described as untouchable this summer. Um, and that I, I think personally that is partly down to uh, the work Antonio Conte has done and what he's trying to build at the football club. He seems, you know, considering where we were 12 months ago, Harry seems really happy. Um, Such a contrast from last summer. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole vibe around the place is, you know, it seems a really happy camp. Um, and I think as soon as Conte said he was staying, um, it sort of, you know, gave the impression that, that Harry certainly was going to stay for the summer. There weren't any links the whole summer with, with, with Harry. Um, and hopefully it's just a matter of time before he signs a new contract. Um, I really believe, you know, depending how we go between now and, and, and maybe the World Cup, you know, m- maybe he will sign a new contract. Um, and obviously, hopefully Conte signs a new contract. Um, because one thing that frustrated me last season with Conte is, you know, indicating he wasn't going to sign, he wasn't he wasn't happy and what have you. But, you know, he must have known what he was walking into in November. Um, now, whether or not he was using that as a G up to the board, and, you know, some will say it's worked because the board have, you know, have backed in the summer. But uh, I certainly think Conte can't use that if we get a few bad results. The board have backed him. Uh, we have shown ambition. Um, now it's very much to, to the squad. Um, to, to perform on, on, on the pitch. Um, and then, you know, sort of within the same week, Enoch announced a £150 yeah. million pound investment, which uh, it was probably just one of the best weeks in our history. Yeah, it was, you know, it ended off what was a brilliant week within the football club. Um, I think it has been a bit of a long time coming, if I'm being honest, an investment from Enoch. Um, but, no, it's been, yeah, it's been needed for a long time. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's enabled us to have, you know, a summer filled with, I think, six signings, five of them, which I think will feature a lot um, in this upcoming season. Um, so I don't know about you, but I'm very happy with our window so far. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone was sort of getting a bit frustrated because we haven't, like, made a sign-in since mid-July. Um and I think, you know, for Spurs to make six signings yeah. by mid-July is unheard of. Um, especially if you follow Spurs on Twitter, you know, certain fans seem to get a bit frustrated that we haven't bought anyone uh, for a couple of weeks. I personally think they will. Um, I, I, I think there's def- definitely definitely one, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's two more sign-ins. And I think if you think about, you know, the statement they made at the you know beginning of the summer about the 150 million pound investment um they haven't spent anywhere near that i mean i know they've obviously uh 
spent spent a bit on the, the six, but uh, two of them were free transfers. One's a loan. Um, the same one was only twenty five million. I remember twenty five. Um, Richarlison was fifty plus ten million on add-ons. Um, and I think you know if you look on transfermarket.com. Um, I, I think our outlay, our, our net spend, is at the moment sixty million there or thereabouts, and I still think we're going to get rid of the Celso, um, you know, get rid of probably Winks. Yeah. Uh, and Dembele, I'm not sure how much, if anything, we'll get get for him. Uh, but and I think on as well. and Reglion. So you know that there could be, you know, if we say twenty twenty five million for Reglion. Um, if you say fifteen twenty million for for um Lo Celso um and get Ndembele off off the wage bill, um, there hopefully could be if we are going to spend one hundred and fifty, that there there could be another big purchase. Um, I think we all would like Bastoni, uh, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. It looks like something that could maybe happen next summer, perhaps. I mean, I know. You know my thoughts. I would really love Madison, but um, I don't think the club are interested or even going for him. So that looks unlikely. I know we've been linked with Zaniolo uh, quite recently. If I'm being honest, I haven't seen too much of him. Um, but again, with a lot of these signings, if Conte wants them, I trust Conte. You've got to trust Conte. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, in January, neither of us had heard of uh, Bentacor yeah. uh, or Kulu, um, yeah. and they've turned out to be great buys. So uh, still a few more weeks of the transfer window open. So hopefully uh, a couple of really exciting signings are on the way. Um, yeah. What What do you think the best signing has been? So far for the club? In my opinion, I'm going to go with um, Ings Basuma. I think it's a position that I don't think we've filled properly since uh, Moussa Bembele left all those years ago. Um, you know, we've seen what he's capable of doing at Brighton. And, you know, I, I think it's exactly what we need someone to control the game. One game that really stands out was when we lost to Brighton late last season. It was um, immense, wasn't it? He absolutely controlled the midfield that afternoon. And that is the exact player we need in our midfield. So I'm really I mean, I think, you know, if he hadn't had only one year, he's a £60, £70 million pound player. To get him for £25 million is an absolute bargain. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Perisic um, because I think, apart from being world-class, um, I know he's 33. But uh, he had an interview last week saying he wanted to play until he was 40. So that gives us seven years out of him, uh, which for a free transfer is, is pretty good. But uh, I also think, and I said this on the way up to the Southampton game yesterday, I really have high hopes for Session this season. Yeah. And I think, you know, he, he can't help but learn uh, from him. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he scored yesterday, but... Uh, he he's really uh, put on the uh, put on the muscle during the summer, yeah. um, and I really hope he does have a run of games. Um, and even if he doesn't start every game, um, he he just learn so much. Um, yeah. So I think that's really exciting. Um, Spence haven't seen too much of him. Um, obviously, he won the Arsenal ragged um, last year in the cup. So uh, you know, but it's a big step up from the championship. Um, Emerson, I mean, 
we'll talk about the Southampton game shortly. But he's growing on us, yeah. isn't he? Well, well, way I'm, more on me than you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not two assists like yesterday. Yeah, no credit where credit's due. He was good yesterday, and he was good at the end of last season as well. Um, I'm not sure if he's the answer to our problems in that right wing back. You know, he's never really played as a wing back in his career. Um, but like I said, fair play, very good, um, very good game yesterday against Southampton. He did impress me, to be fair. Um, but in my opinion. He's not the answer to our problems. No, I mean, I, I think, um, um, unfortunately for him, he was brought under Nuno. He was brought as a, as a fullback, not as a wingback. Um, I think his defending is very good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, he does some silly things, but you know, I think he is improving going forward. Um, and he seems to have a good character within the camp. I mean, obviously, uh, he gets on very well with the other Brazilian boys. So uh, he's good on Twitter as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to seeing how he progresses. Uh, I think it's you know cautiously uh, how he progresses this season, um, and then you know it's we we brought the guy on loan from Barcelona. Yeah, he seems he seems to have a good pass on him. Yeah, and whether or not he'll start ahead of Davis once he gets fully up to speed. Mm. Uh, but Davis, uh, Davis had a cracking season uh, yeah. last year and fully fully deserved his uh, contract extension. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I would have liked a quality, you know, fifty million pound. Sixty million pounds centre back during the summer, but uh, Romero's fantastic. Dyer has grown under Conte, um, and so uh, has Davis. And, as well. and so has Davis. So uh, it's looking good. I think if we can just add an attacking midfielder um, over the next couple of weeks, we've got a really, really good, strong, strong squad. Um, so uh, that takes us nicely. On to uh, the Southampton game. Yeah, first game of the season, Southampton at home. You were a bit worried about that, weren't you? I was a bit worried because I know how our fans have been acting over the summer. Um, everyone's been very optimistic about this summer. People predicting us to be in a title race, um, finishing second above Liverpool and stuff like that. And I know, like I know with Spurs, when people, you know, when they can get overexcited, we can, you know. You know, you know, as the saying goes, Spursy. We saw that. We saw a bit of that last season when top four was in our hands. When we played Brighton at home, um, it would have really been in our hands if we'd won that game, especially the ball for losing later uh, that day as well. Uh, we we messed that up. So I just know what we're like, uh, and I was worried that we were going to see more of that, and we nearly did go and one nil down quite early on as well. Yeah, but you know what? We we went 1-0 down and previous years, I mean, obviously I've followed Spurs for years and when they go 1 down, that's it. Uh, heads drop and, you know, either stays 1-0 or gets worse. But I've got to be honest, when we went down 1-0, I looked at the team, I looked at Conte and I thought everything that Conte has said before the game, that the fans should be excited, he's changing the mentality. I thought, this is the time, you know, to show if things are changing in the camp. You know, 
let's see what the, your mentality is. You know, we went one one behind against the run of play. And I've got to say, it was quite early. I didn't actually feel as nervous as I have been over, over the previous years um, because we were still playing quite well. And, and uh, the team didn't panic. Um, and, you know, they responded well. Um, you know, we got two goals before half time. And even at half time, normally I'm a nervous wreck. Um, you know, you, you asked me, do I think we'll do it? And I said, yeah, I think we'll get another couple of goals because I could see the team were playing competent. I think they were annoyed to concede a goal. Um, I think Conte was probably annoyed at, at conceding. But if we kept on doing the things we were doing during the first half, I felt, you know, comfortable that... Uh, we would, you know, win quite quite comfortably, and, and so it turned out. Uh, but I mean, uh, I know you were impressed with uh, Romero. Yeah. I mean, he is just he is incredible. He is really a Rolls Royce. I mean, yeah. the way he goes into tackles and comes out with the ball at his feet. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really care what the attacker is, no. you know, or, or where the attacker ends up. Well, that, um, that might that may not always be a good. Thing. Yeah, I mean, listen. Some tackles during the season, he's going to miss time. He's going to get a yellow. He's going to get a red. Uh, <laughs> uh, but listen, more times out, or, or more more times he'll save us, yeah. you know. And uh, I just think he's quality. And I think as much as I think he's a Rolls Royce at the back, I think Bentica, yeah, in the middle, yeah. um, not bad for a Juventus reject though. Yeah, uh, I mean he is the reason. <laughs> Absolutely, as as the song goes. Um, but uh, he is just so so composed. Um, on the I think too composed. For yeah, I mean, but quality players look like they've got all the time in the world, and and he just seems to have all the time in the world. Um, he he is just one hell of a player, and I think you know once Skip recovers from his nasty injury, we've got Skip. Basuma, uh, Holberg, um, Bentica, um, you know, it's, you know, a good, you know, obviously the way Conte plays, he, he probably will only play two out of those four. It's um, a great headache to have. It's a great headache to have. Um, but I just think if we could get someone who can, there'd be better teams than Southampton that will sit deeper. Um, and if you're going into a game, 20 minutes to go, and you need a goal, you need someone, dare I say, Ericsson. Um, I know you weren't that fast if Ericsson came back or not. Um, I think he would have been ideal in our setup. Um, you know, but that's why I still hope um, with the five sub rule, um, it's probably important to get that sort of attacking midfielder. So hopefully we will. So. Um, all looking good. Um, yeah. You know, it's always nice to get the points on the board. Yeah, I mean, look, there's still 37 games to go. And it was very difficult to... Uh, I, I felt also it was difficult to play on Saturday because if you look on Twitter, Arsenal won the league on Friday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, they went to the hardest place ever, um, Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. um, and, and got uh, three points. Um, but uh, good start to the season. And uh, well, well, we'll talk about next week's game shortly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's all, all all promising. I know you wanted to talk about top four. 
Yeah, I think I think top four is going to be interesting this year. Um, as I said earlier, a lot of Spurs fans being very optimistic, putting us in that you know top two, top three bracket. Um, for me, I think City are going to win the league. I think you know they've just beaten West Ham two 0 Um, Haaland scoring two. I think I think they the, the real deal this season once again, and they're going to win the league three years in a row, uh, which is just an incredible achievement. Um, so I think City will win the league. Liverpool, who slipped up uh, yesterday against newly promoted Fulham, I do think they'll come second. But I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs um, don't come mi- a million miles away behind them. Uh, I think we could finish third. I think we will get third. Um, and then, but what is going to be interesting is that fourth spot, whether it's going to be Chelsea or Arsenal. I think. I think Arsenal. I have to admit, they look good on Friday night. Uh, Chelsea, I'm not convinced about Chelsea this season. They don't seem a happy camp, do they? No. Um, no, they brought in two good or three good signings of Cucurella, Sterling, and Kulabali. Um, but it, it kind of feels like they're just signing players for the sake of it. Of course, they have the new owner. Um, and yeah, they seem a little bit all over the place, Chelsea. But the only reason why I'm the only reason why I think Chelsea could get top four over Arsenal is, you know, they're, you know, we saw Arsenal at the end of last season. They were a bit shaky when it came down to it, when, when it was crunch time against Newcastle, against us. You know, they couldn't they couldn't really cope with the pressure. And I think Chelsea, as a football club, are, are just better at dealing with those tight situations. Um, and that Chelsea, you know, they're going to want to be in the future pushing more than just getting into the top four. Um, but it is going to be a transition year for Chelsea. Uh, but I think they will. I think they will just about get it over Arsenal this season. I actually think Arsenal will get top four. Um, I think Jesus is a great signing for them. Um, you know, I think he fits their their system very well. Um, I know there was debate. Um, whether or not is he a better player than than Richarlison, uh, but I think he suits Arsenal more than he would suit our setup uh, mm. because he wouldn't get into our team ahead of Kane or Son, um, and and he does walk straight into the Arsenal team. And Richarlison, um, you know, I think if you're choosing an out and out goal scorer, Jesus is the best player. But I think Richarlison. You know, he can play across the front three in, in different positions for us. Uh, if Kuntuszewski is injured or Son's injured or even Kane wants to be rested. Um, so um, I think he'll get good game time. Um, I mean, Arsenal, I mean, obviously they were the biggest spenders last window. Um, didn't have Europe and somehow managed not to get Champions League football. So I think pressure will be on Arteta. 100% in the last um, three years. You know, they're the biggest spenders so far yeah. up to now in this window. Yeah. Um, you know, they've spent a fortune over the last few years um, trying to get Champions League football. So I, th- I think it is, you know, boom or bust for Arteta if yeah. they don't make top four. Um, so that would be interesting. But I, I think Spurs and Arsenal will both get top four. Um, yeah. I know you can't write off, off Chelsea, but they just... I don't know. They don't seem a happy camp at, at the moment. I mean, listen, they could go the next couple of weeks and buy two or three quality players. 
uh, and make us both sound a bit silly. But uh, as things stand, and we can only say as things stand, um, I, I feel City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this weekend's fixtures shortly. Uh, very quickly, seems to go down. Oof. Well, well, I know both of them had quite a positive result on the weekend, but I do think Fulham and Bournemouth will go back down to the championship. Um, but I think there's quite a few teams that can that that can get sucked into that 18th spot. Um, Nottingham Forest have had a very good window. Uh, they did lose to Newcastle two 0 yesterday. Um, but no, they've had a good window and they're giving themselves the best opportunity or best chance possible of staying in the division. You've got Everton as well. Um, they just seem like a mess of a football club. Um, you know, they could have very easily gone down if it wasn't for Charleston, who we now have, um, who they're, of course, going to miss this season. Um, and then they really could have gone down, which for a club like Everton is unthinkable, really. Um, but yeah, they could get sucked, sucked into it. Leeds as well, they only survived, uh, you know, on the final day. Brentford as well, it could be second season syndrome. We saw that with Sheffield United. They had a great season when they first came up, finishing, I think, eighth or ninth. And then, yeah, the season after, they finished rock bottom, I believe. So it could be uh, second season syndrome for Brentford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think Fulham... I've got more of a chance of staying up than Bournemouth, um, you know, just because I think they'll score more goals than Bournemouth. But ultimately, I think you're right. I think Fulham and Bournemouth um, will, will go down. Um, and yes, I think, you know, I've, I've got a feeling a, a, a big team could go down. Um, I've got, got a feeling that Everton are going to have a really tough season. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict Everton to be the 18th team. Fair enough. Um, you know, um, I like going to Goodison. Um, we've been yeah. to Goodison a few times, um, but uh, I'm not convinced Frank Lampard uh, as a as a manager. Um, I like the Brentford manager, um, but I think that 18th spot will be probably between. Between Everton, Forest, and Leeds. Um, so you think Brentford will avoid the drop? I hope so. Yeah. Um, but I think, listen, they were in free fall before they signed Ericsson last season, so you you you, you can't rule them out. Um, but I think, you know, I'm also a bit worried about Wolves. Um, you know, Wolves. There's always a team that sort of drops like a stone after after the new year, um, and that could be Wolves, uh, but I think they'd be okay. Leicester, I think, could could struggle, but I don't think they'll go down. Yeah, um, I don't think it's that bad. You know, they've got a good manager in Rodgers. Um, they've still got a few good players, uh, but listen, if they let Madison and uh, a couple of others go over the next two or three weeks, who knows? But, yeah, Fulham, Bournemouth, I'm, I'm going to put my head on the block and say Everton. Okay, fair enough. I mean, we touched on obviously the Forest Newcastle game. Um, Newcastle potentially top four, top six. Top, I think top four is a bit of a stretch. Top six, you never know. I mean, United they look poor again this afternoon. Um, 
we'll touch on that shortly. I think I think top six again you a little bit of a stretch. Um, I think Newcastle will finish around around eighth or ninth, which they will absolutely take considering what they've been through in the last decade or so with Mike Ashley. You know, it's a new you know it's the start of a new era for Newcastle United this season, um, and that their fans have every right to be excited. I mean, towards the end of the last season, I went to an evening with Glenn Hoddle and we had a Q&A at the end and uh, he was talking about Conte and obviously at that time we were far from, you know, qualifying for Champions League. Um, and his view is that if Conte walked during the summer, um, he really likes Eddie Howe um, and he thinks Eddie Howe is a potential Tottenham manager, um, thinks very highly of him. So, I uh, you know, if Glenn says that, that's good enough for me. I think they've got, well, you, you know my thoughts on Glenn, uh, walks on water as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I think they've got a good manager. I think they've bought quite well. I think they've bought for what they needed um, in, in January. I'm a little bit surprised they haven't gone out and bought a quality striker, but there's still time. Um, I think uh, Callum Wilson, if he can stay fit, is... is a good striker. Um, I just think they need probably an, an, another decent uh, striker as well. Um, West Ham, I'm not sure. Um, I, you can't judge them just from losing today. No. I think most teams will, will struggle against City. Um, but I think their best chance of getting into the Champions League was last year. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I think potentially top six that, that they could be striving towards. Um, I mean, Arsenal looked good yeah. on, on, on Friday night. I thought the first half especially, they looked really sharp. I think they need, I think Mikel Arteta needs to get Champions League football this season for Arsenal. Yeah, um, United didn't look too good today. No, uh, they looked rubbish towards the end of last season. And same again this season, nothing's changed really. I think that's a big job. Um, I, I think there's, I think uh, the Cristiano issue is going to. Uh, that, can't be hel- that, that can't be healthy. A bit like Chelsea, I'm not sure it's that, you know, as good as players he, he is, you know, he brings a lot of baggage to their dressing room. Um, and I think they need it resolved. I think if he's, you know, Personally, anyone who scores that amount of goals, you know, sh- should be valuable to to a team. But uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I still think, you know, I still think they need a quality goal scorer. Um, I know Martial scored a few pre-season, but can you trust him over a season? I'm not sure. Rashford, you know, we had an argument earlier whether or not he's a winger or an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, I mean, his record doesn't suggest it's an out-and-out goal scorer. I'll give you that. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, they brought Ericsson and it, it was tough to see Ericsson wear the United shirt today. Um, not sure he's a false number nine though, but uh, that's United's problem um, for this season. Not ours. And then it brings us to next week. Yes. Second game of the season. Chelsea away. Um, a place that we don't ever seem to do that well at. Um, of course, being a Spurs fan, always seem to get done at the bridge. Well, I've been going to the bridge for years. Um, never saw us win there at all. 
and uh, a few years ago I took you to the bridge for your first game yeah. and bang, 3-1-1. Yeah, um, so uh, you've actually, uh, despite your age, uh, haven't got a bad record. Um, I haven't, no. Um, we've lost the last couple of times I've taken you there. Yeah. But um, I think this is the best, the best we've worked, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was great to win against Southampton, but let's be honest, we were expected to beat Southampton. Um, let's see how they perform against Chelsea. You know, I think it's it's a good time to play Chelsea. Yeah. I'd rather play them now than probably January, February when they're in their stride and uh, a bit more settled. Um, I don't think they looked that convincing yesterday against Everton. Um you know, that is our bogey ground, though. And I know Conte said at the end of last season he wished he could play Chelsea now. Um, he's got his chance early on the season. And I just want to go there with the arrogance that the players believe they can get something from the game. Mm-hmm. And I think if they can come away with a win, that will be crucial to setting up momentum yeah. uh, for the rest of the season. And will be a big um, statement of intent as well to the rest of the league that we really do mean business this year. Yeah, and I, I think it's important we get a result. Um, listen, it's not disastrous if we don't, but I think you know all the talk that Conte says we're a big club, we've got mentality, has changed. Um, you've, got, you've got to go to Chelsea and you know show you're up for it. Uh, show you're not frightened of them um we've got a good team we've got a good squad now uh no excuses i want to take the game to them and uh show them what we're made of rather than you know sitting back and hope, hoping you know we come away with a draw yeah. um I'm, I'm really really quite excited um stressed out because at the moment i haven't got a ticket you're you're going with your older brother mm-hmm. um which is very nice of me. Um, <laughs> I couldn't choose which one to take, so I'm letting you both go at the moment. So uh, hopefully I'll get a ticket during the week. Um, if anyone knows any tickets now. Um, but uh, yeah, so until our next podcast, uh, which is next Sunday, hopefully. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll review the Chelsea match. Absolutely. On the Footy With Dad podcast, we aim to have guests on every week talking about their Footy With Dad memories and what going to football with their son or daughter means to them. We will have guests who work in all different industries and who follow all different clubs up and down the country. I'm delighted that my first guest is Stephen Brown of Stephen J. Brown Consultancy and is someone who I have known for many years. Stephen first started as a negotiator at a well-known estate agency in London and within four years gained all promotions that were available to him before being made a director of the firm, which he then served for over 20 years. In 2012, Stephen decided to use his knowledge that he had gained in the industry to help, train and motivate the next generation of estate agents. And as a result, He has won more individual trophies for services to the industry over the last few years than Spurs. All that is a phenomenal achievement, but against what has personally been a very difficult last 18 months for Stephen, he's managed to raise 
over £115,000 for his Computers for Schools campaign, which has therefore resulted in over 1,100 computers and tablets being donated for schools up and down the country. Stephen, welcome. How are you? Well, I'm going now after that welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I've never had a welcome like that. And um, isn't, it, isn't it amazing? I've had more trophies than Spurs have got in their cabinet, hey? Uh, well, I, I, would, I don't want to sound rude, but say the bar was quite low. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hopefully that will change, though, this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident. Mind you, I'm always confident, to be honest, until it's mathematically impossible for Spurs to win. Um, the league. So I go in every season, think we're going to win the league. Um, everybody thinks I'm mad. I've got to be once. I've got to be right once, hopefully. And, um, you know, Conte's an exceptional manager. I'd actually pay just to watch him on the touchline because <laughs> he's great entertainment. I love his passion. I love his energy. And I love that he cares. And actually, this season, I love the fact that Daniel Levy has backed him, whereas you know you and I have been many a time, and yeah, yeah. Been so many full storms. You know where um, I remember when Bale was having a fantastic season. I think we were second behind Man City, and then he goes and buys um, Nilsson. Was it Nelson centre half and um, Saha? Oh God, oh, yeah of all the players and I'm sure they're great players but they're not going to be world beaters who's going to win you a title sadly so but this year he's been backed so let's let's see what happens no definitely fingers crossed um so um football how, how did it all start for you um um like most like most kids they get into it via their their dad's their mums, whatever. So I think my parents, grandparents have been going to Spurs um, for years. Sorry, busy at eight o'clock. Um, <laughs> so um, they've been going, I mean, in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, so a huge pedigree. I think my parents were brought up in South Tottenham. Um, my granddad had a house on Seven Sisters Road. Um, that we used to stop off on a Saturday before the game. And um, I suppose you just follow follow your parents. And so, hence, I was a Spurs fan. I think I did get taken um, to an Arsenal game um, by an Arsenal fan in the, in the 70s, and they played Coventry, and they won 4-1. But I wasn't going to be turned at all. <laughs> saying that, my earliest memory was 76, and um, Arsenal beat Spurs 5-0. And I remember... Okay, let's um, just forward wine that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember vividly um, Liam Brady's banana shot into the top left-hand corner. Um, and that, sadly, is most probably my earliest memory. And then um, when Spurs were relegated um, to Division, well, I suppose, maybe it's Division 2 then, um, the, the last game of the season, they were playing Southampton. And I think both teams needed a draw to get promoted into Division One at the time. And I remember, um, I think it was nil-nil, and um, literally running up and down um, my row, going absolutely mad because they got promoted. And then um, I, think, I think in that season as well, 
they beat Bristol Rovers 9-0, and I was there for that one. Wow. So I Ian, I think Ian Moore's got four, Colin Lee got three, a certain Glenn Hoddle um, got one, and um, Peter Taylor got another one. Wow. And you had um, Aussie and Ricky come, and we lose 7-0 to Liverpool. <laughs> and we get, get promoted. So I've seen all the lows. I've seen a few highs. I would love to say I wish I'd seen a few more highs. Um, yeah. But, you know, the 80s, the 80s was good. I think Wembley was our second home there. We were there for um, Community Shields. Obviously, we had two um, replays, so beating Man City um, in the replay um, in 81 and 82, um, beating QPR in a replay. I think Liverpool beat us in the Milk Cup or Rumbelow's Cup or whatever stupid name it was called <laughs> in those days as well. And I think we were like minutes away from winning that one and ended up losing 3-1 in, um, in extra time. So, yeah, so been going a while. So, so all that pain, all those years of going to Spurs, you thought it was only fair to inflict it on your boys? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> how, how old were they when you first took them to their first game? It was funny because I'd just been one of my sons and I asked him a question. I said, I'm coming on this podcast tonight. What's your what's your earliest memories? But I'm going to answer that question because I, I want to share my one of my memories with my dad, if that's OK. Yeah, uh, go for it. So I remember it was um, 1991 and um, semi-final Spurs against Arsenal. And um, I don't think, well, I don't, for whatever reason, we couldn't get tickets. So my dad managed to get tickets. Um, unfortunately, it was in the Arsenal end. So you can imagine, so we get in and we're sitting down and um, just under my breath when they come out, I go, come on, you lily whites. And a guy in front of me turns around and I thought, oh, here we go. I'm in trouble now. And he goes, oh, thank God, there's another Spurs fan here. <laughs> Brilliant. Um and then I think we went 1-0 up. Gaza scored his free kick. We went 2-0 up. And then my dad went to get up. I said, Dad, sit down. Um, and I can honestly say, even though it was the best experience ever, it was also the worst experience of to not having to celebrate um, an incredible win. Um, and then he had a hernia operation. And I remember, I think Gaza had a hernia operation and we was like, right, Dad, are you going to be able to, to be fit for the final against Knott's Forest? And fortunately he was, so we both went together for that and we, we sure, saw them win a trophy and good old Des Walker, thank you, Des, for that. Ah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, that I was, I was there that day. So that, that was one. And then with my boys, um, I've got three boys, so my... Um, yeah, well, oldest said his earliest memory was when he was six. Um, and I said, how was your experience? And he said, Dad, I actually hated it. It was far too noisy. I said, really? You're talking about White Hart Lane? And he said, yeah, <laughs> it was far too, 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 too noisy. And I put my hands over my head and didn't think I liked it. And he's been a glutton for punishment for the last 16 years. Um, then my middle son went when he was two. Um and my youngest was six weeks old. We took him to, because um, we're big Hereford fans as well. So we took him to Hereford. Hereford six again. six weeks, weeks is that? Six weeks old. He was in a push, he, he was in so long? He, I know, it's shocking. He was in a pushchair. And um, we got there 
and um, because we had an old-fashioned pushchair, you couldn't get it through the turnstiles. <laughs> they had to open the main gates for us to go in, which were they weren't best pleased about. And then we sat down behind the goal, and I remember stewards coming over and going, "You can't, you can't have a pushchair here," and all these. Um, Hereford fans coming over saying, leave them alone, they're here to watch a game, blah, blah, blah. And then the stewards left us. So, um, they, yeah, they've all been um, enjoying it or not, or being punished more like since, uh, since they were very young. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's brilliant that you have that emotional bond, you know, time with them, you know, taking them to, you know, however many games, you know, you can get to now. And that's the thing, to be honest, because at times watching Spurs, I could quite easily have um, stopped. And, and, you know, I've said to the boys a couple of times, you know what, I've really had enough. Um, you go and they say, come on, Dad, that's the only quality time that we spend with you. So um, obviously they pulled on my emotional strings and they made me suffer even more. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're paying for it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And bloody God, pay for three of them. So, yes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> What, what would you say is the main difference going going to football now as a father to obviously when you went as a child without giving your age away? <laughs> um, I think going, I mean, I think for the majority of the times we always sat. Um, don't think I went to a lot of away games with my dad and the away games I went to, you'd be standing. I remember you literally you sway from one side to the other. So you'd be at the middle of a terrace, then you'd be on the left-hand side of a terrace, then you'd be on the right-hand side of a terrace. Um, and obviously now you're you're pretty... I think, I think now it's a lot safer than it was when I was younger. I felt very, very uncomfortable going. I remember when I was about 13, I was at Highbury. Um, I think it was with my dad. And literally, I was um, in the middle. Um, my dad had gone to the, into the sweet shop. And on the left side of me, I heard charge. On the right side of me, I heard charge. And I, I was in the middle of a big fight. So uh, quickly ran into the sweet shop. So I don't, I don't see um, trouble um, like there used to be in the early years. Um, you know, you can go along and um, it's in a lot safer environment now. Which is obviously, which is obviously a good thing, mind you. Saying that at Spurs now, I'm in the safe standing area, so it looks like I'm going to be standing till I'm 100, which um, I'm not looking forward to. Well, I know you like your walking, so uh, at least you're <laughs> fit enough to do it. Yeah, I am at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Oh, listen, I really appreciate you coming on, um, and you know, rem- you know, reminiscing about uh, the games you went to as a child, and obviously now as a father. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, just, you know, where, where can, you know, I've obviously touched on it at the beginning about what you do now. Uh, you know, where, where can people find you, uh, your content on, on social media? Well, I'm going to let you know, but I want to share a couple of other stories with you because I think they're quite funny. Your view, your listeners may find them boring. So, <laughs> sure um, they won't be boring. So when was the last time Spurs won a trophy? Uh, well, was it 2008 wasn't it yeah against Chelsea yeah so um just as Jonathan Woodgate decided to head the ball in the back of a net where did my son want to be (laughs) in the Chelsea end no the toilet so I managed managed to miss the winning goal um there and then (laughs) 
I then had um, my middle son, who literally every five minutes, Dad, I need to go to the loo. Dad, I need to go to the loo. Dad, I need to go to the loo. And I was at work one day and the new guy started and he says, oh, who do you follow? I said, Spurs. So he goes, I've got to tell you a really funny story. One of my best friends sits at Spurs and um, every game he sees his dad get up with his lad, go to a toilet every two minutes, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I said, you know what? That's me he's referring to. So, um, so that was great. So <laughs> toilet, toilets and goals, God, the amount of goals I miss with kids. And I'm sure, you know, all your other future guests will, will have similar sort of stories that they can share and tell with you. But to come back to um, your question, so anybody can um, look me up on Twitter at Stephen with a PH Brown 54 um, on Instagram as well. Um, if you're in property and you're interested and you like listening to podcasts, a podcast called lunchtime learnings or we estate agents podcast and if there's any businesses that wants to get involved with a computers for schools campaign um it's a fantastic campaign i mean you've been pushing it so well for what was it 18 months now yeah and you know what the kids the difference it's making to the kids is absolutely fantastic and you know what i've learned in the past 18 months is that sadly UK when it comes to schools and quite a lot of schools believe it or not we're a third world country and schools are in need of um, IT equipment sports equipment books um, and it's just shocking that some of them are having to go on to fund their own pages fund their go start their own GoFundMe pages on Facebook in order to get it so you know again if anybody wants to get involved people donate to the campaign once they donate to the campaign i actually give them a tablet or laptop um back to give into their community as well um which which works incredibly well so um the target is i mean you alluded to sadly my wife passed away um i think 18 months ago now so um you know i'm going to carry on the campaign i'm doing it in her name sam's name and uh, the aims to get up to two hundred thousand pounds, and as you said, so far up to one hundred and fifteen thousand, um, which is which is incredible, especially when there are so many worthy causes out there. So I'm incredibly grateful for your for you mentioning it. Incredibly grateful for being your first guest. <laughs> it's an honour. It's an honour. Uh, listen, I remember talking to you when earlier in the summer, and I was having sort of self doubts really as to you know whether or not I was going to do the podcast or not but uh in your special motivational ways um you told me go for it do it it'll be good um and uh yeah so uh I I said if I if I did do it you'd be my first guest and here we are brilliant lovely well amazing and I wish you loads and loads of luck I'm sure you're going to have loads of great people on here sharing loads of stories um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to them. Oh, thank you very much, Stephen. Take care and uh, we'll, we'll speak soon, no doubt. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. That's great. Thanks, Stephen. You're very welcome. Enjoyed it. I, I, I lost count near halfway through how many stories there were to go. <laughs> so uh, I didn't, that's right. don't, didn't mean don't to cut you it. off halfway through. Before you it's send fine. me the last two, <laughs> you can you can edit what you want. So uh, do what you want. I can't edit, so I'll just <laughs> leave it as it is. <laughs> good. Okay. Have a good oh, one. Thanks, thanks for your patience. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. As we all know, 
Going to football with our kids is a lovely experience, which we are all probably guilty of taking for granted. For me, because of Jake's background, football is all about creating wonderful memories together and is never just about the result. Jake's health fortunately dramatically improved, but I know there are many children who are not so lucky and experiencing a footy with dad or footy with mum moment remains just a dream. This is why Footy With Dad have teamed up with the Free Kick Foundation, which is an experienced charity that have for many years now been organising thousands of football day out events for ill, bereaved and underprivileged kids. You can find out more about what they do at www.freekickfoundation.org or, and if you're able, you can help by making their dreams come true by donating at footy with dad forward slash just given. Thank you for listening to our first podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Please follow us, like us and spread the word about footy with dad. Until next week, cheerio. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.